The Sprouses are spouses, a week of celebrity breakups, and a rundown on Barbenheimer. I'm Maggie. I'm Jasmine, and you're listening to Culture Club, our fortnightly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to Elders past and present. We'd also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling we're continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. There's a very giddy feeling in the air, Jazz. <laughs> We are not recording through our laptops for the first time. Well, we've recorded once before in person, but here we are in an actual podcasting studio. studio. We are making eye contact. We are in a place with lighting and cameras and like proper, proper mics. So if we sound better, if we found, if we sound crisper, this is the reason why. Because we have very exciting news this week. We have signed to Diamantina Media, which is Australasia's largest independent podcasting agency. Oh my God. Yeah, so very exciting. And it feels like we have a little rebirth, you know. Mm. Um, Also, excitingly, this kind of marks three years of this podcast, which is so long. But it feels like we're having a little renaissance, like a little moment, like a a rebirth. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, like a new chapter. And yeah, super lucky to join the Diamantina media team mm-hmm. and we can't wait to see what what comes of it. But for now we are in person, like half a meter away from each other, <laughs> actually making eye contact. I know. Um, so on our socials, you'll be able to see snippets of us like in real life, like the videos. You would be able to see video recordings of us. And that is so whack because almost I would say – Sorry, Jazz, but for majority of our recordings, I am in my pajamas, like in my room. So today, got makeup on, have a jumper on. We even coordinated outfits. We checked what we were wearing, you know? Yeah, yeah we were so close to both wearing the same thing. Thank God, Maggie <laughs> checked. She's like, by the way, I'm going to wear a blue sweater today. I just like <laughs> took a selfie in my blue sweater. Been a huge week in pop culture as well. So um, I'm keen to get into it. Before we get into the next segment, we accidentally said Cole Sprouse instead of Dylan Sprouse. Please forgive us. We are talking about Dylan here. I know. Okay, we have to start off with one of my favorite celebrity weddings of this year. It was Cole Sprouse's and Barbara Palvin's wedding on the 15th of July. So they got married in Barbara's home country of Hungary on her parents' property with 115 people. And it is just one of the most beautiful celebrity weddings I think I've ever seen. Like Sophia Ritchie's up there, but it feels like another level, right? Of like Mm -hmm. this one, everyone's been saying like it's much more homely. It seemed a bit more low key, even though surely it probably cost a lot of money. I mean, Mm -hmm. the bride was literally wearing a Vivian Westwood dress with sheer gloves and a cathedral length of veil. And then after midnight, she changed into a red short skater skirt dress, which is Hungarian tradition, which is cool. I love that dress so much. Oh, my God. It was the sweetest little story because they did a profile with Vogue Weddings where we'll be drawing like information from. And it's because after midnight, she's no longer considered a bride. So she's got to, you know, change out of the bridal gowns. And it's just very sweet. Okay, so I think they're like, I think 
that pretty privilege has gotten them this status, right? Because I'm like, we actually don't know too much about them, but why am I so obsessed? It's just because they are both so beautiful and they're beautiful together. True. Also, I think they've been so constant for like Mm. six years um, Mm -hmm. and they also stay quite private. And I think sometimes with celebrities, it's like the mystique of what you think a celebrity's relationship is like or especially if they're like a model or like something that's not, you know, super personal, like a singer. You like hear all their inner thoughts on their songs, but like she just looks aesthetically beautiful. So I agree. It's probably pretty privileged. Um, But yeah, they're sweet. And they are one of those couples that's like, if they ever break up, what the hell is going on? Yeah. God, it's, that's so true. And it was even more endearing learning more about like the start and origins of their relationship. So it's so sweet. This is how they met. So she cut in front of him in a line when entering an event and Dylan kind of like chastised her for that behavior. And then she responded back with, what are you, a hot dog vendor? (laughs) And then, you know, they kept like joking together, kept flirting back and forth. And then they like, that's it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was going to say like, that's kind of it. They didn't exchange phone numbers, but like Dylan was like, who's this lady? And then um, he actually slid into her DMs and she ghosted him for six months. Wow. Let that be like optimistic, like for other men out there, ew. So many men listen to Coach Club. Um, Patience is a virtue. But eventually she succumbed to his charms and replied. And then three months later, she flew to China to see the actor who was on set at the time. And then that was it. They got engaged last September while on a camping trip with friends in California. Again, I think that just harks back to their down-to-earth nature. Yeah. I think that's why people love them. Yeah. Like, you know, low-key wedding in Hungary with, like, family and then, like, getting engaged on a camping trip. It's not like these big, lavish declarations of love like Travis and Courtney like on the beach with the rose petals or like things like that you know it's like quite maybe aspirational as well like Mm. you think oh I could have a low-key wedding like that or I could get married on a camping trip which makes you feel a bit closer to the celebrity maybe 100% like this just feels really like idyllic and really personal like personal and personable and very sweet like on the engagement camping trip it was so cute hearing about this like they stopped at a spot where you could see otters which is barbara's favorite animal (laughs) random um and then she had a feeling he was going to propose because he brought a a nice shirt that was a bit too nice for camping that's sweet i'll take that on board (laughs) like hmm why are you dressing so nicely (laughs) very sweet and i hope they have a long and happy life together So from weddings to breakups, it has been a big week of breakups in the pop culture sphere. Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello have divorced after seven years of marriage. The couple told Page Six in a statement, we've made the difficult decision to divorce as two people that love and care for one another very much. We politely ask for respect of our privacy at this time as we navigate this new phase of our lives. I was going to read out another source that just was you know expanded on this but literally all celebrity source breakup announcements sound the same it's literally like they have grown distance from each other you know they they still respect and love each other but blah 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 blah. so that's literally what (laughs) source said um yeah god there was something in the water this past week because i mean this wasn't the only major celebrity breakup that we'll get into but this one really shocked a lot of people 
I don't know about you, but we okay. So the thing is, this was kind of shocking, but I also didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so shocking. I didn't know she was married. <laughs> yeah, because Sophia Vergara is obviously so famous. Yeah. We loved her in Modern Family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but this man, like, he looks familiar. He's an actor. Let us get what us. What is he in? <laughs> Good question. It's like, she's Barbie. He's just Ken. Oh, we got Magic Mike, Spider-Man, uh, True Blood, How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Big I have theory. seen some of those things. What to expect when you're expecting. Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> we don't need to know about him because he's out of Sofia Vergara's life now. True. It was quite funny because um, Sophia has a really strong fan base, so this really mm. was impactful for a lot of people. Maybe not us, but for a lot of people. I found this kind of tidbit funny, though, because people were kind of speculating whether they were together or not. And I found this so weird. Like, apparently this really raised eyebrows, quote-unquote, when he posted a birthday post for Sophia, his wife, on his Instagram, and the caption read... It was in Spanish, so translating to English, it just read, happy birthday, Sophia, right? And a photo of her. And people, these are comments. Am I the only one who doesn't like the way it sounds? Sophia, not even my love, my beloved wife. Another person wrote, Joe, I hope you guys are okay. That was a very different, cold, happy birthday wish to your wife compared to previous ones. Ugh, people have too much time on their hands. Like that is so parasocial relationship-y. I just think... Why do you give a fuck what they, how that person expresses to their partner happy birthday? Also, don't you think that say like birthday posts in general feel really outdated mm, now? True. And where is the line, right? Because we've got this not it's giving not enough, and mm. then when guys are too right? too lovey dovey and too kind of public with their love of their like adoration of wives especially like we are skeptical we should be skeptical yeah people are always like oh i know a couple is in dire straits when like they're posting big captions about how much they love each other and so you know you can't win but yeah there was another big breakup this week one that really shocked me yeah ariana grande and her husband dalton gomez so they have announced to separate and are planning for divorce after being married for two years and together for about three and a half which that time's gone so fast. Like thinking about her and Pete Davidson feels like yesterday. Oh my God, But that was like five years ago. Or, no, I was going to say, or her and Mac Miller, which was such a beautiful relationship. Um, But you are right. I feel like that wedding of Ariana's was one of the the biggest ones. We keep calling them all the biggest ones, but I can like recall the actual photos, which is not something that I usually can do with weddings. Um, But that was such a big moment, right? Because we were like, oh my God, who is this quote unquote normie? He was super rich. He's a real Real estate guy. He was private on Instagram. Like he had a private Mm -hmm. account and everyone's like, oh my God, that's a green flag. That's all I know of him. Ariana Grande was spotted this week at Wimbledon, the tennis Mm -hmm. tournament in London. And she was sat in between Jonathan Bailey and Andrew Garfield. Mm -hmm. Like what a dream sandwich. I love that. So, <laughs> Jazz, I thought you were vegetarian. Why are you talking about hunks of meat? Oh, my gross. God. It's so gross. So those photos were all over the internet and she was spotted without her wedding ring. Mm. Now, I know lots of people who are married and don't wear the wedding ring. Yeah. So when those photos came out and people were like, oh, she's not wearing a wedding ring, I was just like, she could just have left it at home. But also it was one of her first times out in public 
because she's been on the set of Wicked for like a year and like really intensive work schedules, yeah. not in the studio. Speaking of the ring thing, right? She had a TikTok a little while ago. She was doing like a makeup something tutorial and she didn't have a ring on there oh. and someone like pointed it out she replied and she's like chill it's getting cleaned before mm. you say divorce like don't oh. so she really cut she addressed that a little while ago but yeah this was like a major point where it's like she's in public yeah and then it was like two days later that it was announced that her and her partner dalton have separated Mm. She hasn't been seen with him since filming started of Wicked, but sources claimed the pair had problems before production even started. Mm. And I saw an interesting TikTok about this, about um, couples who got together during the pandemic. So like Ariana and Dalton got married in 2021. Um, You know, they did lockdowns. They're in that Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. lockdown music Mm -hmm. video. That was like one of the times we've seen him. Um and then Taylor Swift and Joe Owen are another, you know, she had the reputation era and then she went to a cabin in the woods, wrote folklore during lockdown. They were together all the time. And apparently, you know, th- that there's rumours that that's why Joe and Taylor broke up because he couldn't handle her fame. Like she's back out in the world, she's making music, she's touring. And apparently there's a rumour that it was the same thing for Dalton. Like her work schedule with Wicked was really intensive. They weren't seeing each other. Um, apparently he didn't understand why she needed security, which is so wild when you think about the Manchester bombings. Yeah. She's one of the biggest pop stars in the world. She was literally, you know, her and her fans are victims of a terrorist attack. And you're going to say, like, why do we need security to go out and get a coffee? Yeah. Like, babes, do you know who you married? No, exactly. That is wild. I feel like this is a weird one where i feel like we know nothing about the relationship too yeah. so it's just like okay ariana has been quiet across the board for the last couple years when she like stopped releasing music focusing on ren beauty obviously doing wicked which is like a big part of her celebrity identity at the moment um so this relationship i literally know nothing about but like i feel like that adds up if we're just speculating as well yeah. mm. one of the first things that i thought of as well when i heard this news was the thank you next lyric that's like um, oh yeah when i walk down the aisle i hope it's the only time i've (laughs) set that up so bad hold on that's the paraphrase um want to do it only want to do it once real bad go make that shit last oh that's what the lyric is and i thought of that i was like she's not gonna do it once if they're separating um but then today literally today yeah more news has come out about ariana and that she's apparently rumored to be dating her uh wicked co-star ethan slater yes okay so there's more tea to this because ethan was previously romantically linked to his high school sweetheart her name's lily J. so he is he was married to her and they literally welcomed a baby last year okay so like remember that but a source has told people that Ariana and Dalton actually separated in January or earlier this year. Okay. Um, and that, yeah, her and Ethan have started recently dating and that Ethan is, in fact, separated from his wife. But, like, I think there's been liberal use of the word separated. There's not divorce or anything. So it's just, like, feels like it's murky territory. Yeah, murky territory. So from what I've seen today, people are also making fun of his appearance online, which is not cool. 
Also, the fact that he won a Tony Award for his portrayal of SpongeBob <laughs> in the Broadway musical adaptation of the children's TV show, which is also ammo, I think. Like, people are like, People are kind of making fun of SpongeBob, but SpongeBob is like a cultural touchstone, I think. I mean, I mean, it was funny in the sense of like the first knowledge I got of this like potential relationship was Ariana Grande and SpongeBob. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so that's like my first intro to this. And I do think it was mean. You were sending me some TikToks about like the relationship. And I was like, this is bullying to this guy because he's, yeah, okay, good. So you're feeling agreed. sad too. I agreed. People are also saying. What? That he looks like her brother, oh God, Frankie wait. Grande. <gasps> I need side by side right now. I see it. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So this is a thing. Like, I believe the rumors that they're dating, but I also, like, don't really care. People mm. are also, like, some of the top comments and some of the TikToks are like, oh, this woman can't be alone. Like, she's always with a man. But I'm like... You do you, Ariana. Wait, is that bad? Because, I like, were they agree. cheating? Okay, tell me what you're thinking. I just think that, like, obviously she can do whatever she wants. She's a woman, she's a grown woman, she can do whatever she wants. But I think, like, have some time to yourself. Like, going through the trauma of the Manchester bombings, losing Mac Miller, getting married, going through the pandemic, um, and now getting thrown into, like, intensive, mm. wicked work schedules. Like, she's just turned 30 and it feels like she's lived a million lives. So, okay, you've separated from your husband, fine. But, like, why? You know, I don't know. I'm like, is she? of course she can go have fun. But, like, also isn't it good to, like, be by yourself and, like, spend time with your friends and just, like, focus on yourself for a little bit before? But I don't want to sound like all those people who, like, made fun of Taylor Swift for the same thing. I'm not making fun. I'm just kind of, like, I just don't understand yeah, it yeah. when it's like you're so public facing wouldn't you rather focus on you focus on your career focus on wicked mm. rather than like having to deal with people like us no. speaking about it on a podcast or yeah. like, you know, the tabloids or whatever i know but it's not like she's said anything about this relationship so it's like maybe mm. she wants to keep it private and then people have just like pride in the other thing is some of the news articles about this like potential relationship was so annoying like the opening line for an article was like ariana's already on the lookout for a new love blah, blah, blah. Mm. i think that's having fun i don't know who knows like you can tell wicked i feel like especially theater so this is like adjacent to theater like this the bonds that are formed yes. when like filming something like this yeah and that's what i saw a tiktok of this morning that was like at the end of the day, like, Ariana's a pop star, but at the end of the day, Ariana is a theatre nerd. Yeah. Like, she oh my God. always wanted to be on Broadway. Mm. She's grew up as a theatre kid, and then she became a Nickelodeon star and that pipeline. But, like, at the end of the day, she's like, this is what she loves doing, and, like, theatre kids can be messy too. Oh, they are the definition of messy. <laughs> Have you ever met a theatre kid that is not? Um, I guess this kind of lends us to, like, the broader conversation. Like, this is kind of funny. Like, two like two celebrity couples that we care about, but they're not, like, our ultimate. Like, they're not in our top five. Like, we don't care about them that much. Like, I don't think about Mr. Dalton. Yeah. Dalton Gomez every day, any day. Um, <laughs> but, we, but we are passionate, right? Um, and there was this article published in Refinery29 this week. It's called Love is Dead. Why do we care so much about celebrity breakups? And that was written by Alicia Vajlal. So we actually got her to read out some of the piece because 
true. Why do we care about celebrity breakups? In a world where Hollywood splits are so common, why do we care so much about the relationship breakdowns of famous people we've never met? Relationship goals is a term often thrown around when it comes to celebrities because they tend to publicly portray the ideal or fantasy of what a relationship looks like or can aspire to be. The stars tend to be attractive yet down to earth and they have busy careers but still find time for dates and cute grocery trips together. Inadvertently, they project the idea that your romance can survive the odds no matter what. It's because of this that we live vicariously through them when we're single and unconsciously strive for the relationship success they have when we're in a relationship of our own. With that being said, it only makes sense that when a celebrity couple calls it quits, we too feel a sudden loss. As the likes of Vergara, Manginello, Grande and Gomez navigate their respective breakups, there will always be fans like me who are still rooting for them. I'll shamelessly keep caring about my favourite celebrity couples and their break breakups in the hope that there will be just as many moments filled with joy as there will be grief. I love that piece so much and what I just said about Barbara and Dylan, like they're beautiful, conventionally attractive and they're down mm. to earth. Like that's the appeal and that's mm. how we build those like parasocial relationships. So I have also seen some TikToks. I don't talk about this much on the podcast, but I'm quite into astrology. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't really come up that much in the podcast. But a lot of the astrologers I follow on TikTok are saying that we're seeing all of this crazy celebrity news, like marriages, breakup, mm. cheating allegations, etc., cetera, um, because of the Venus retrograde. Tell me what that is. So the planet of Venus is going backwards mm-hmm. um, and also something to do with, like, Leo. There's a Leo planet in there and Leo is, like, the the sign of – kind of like idols and like big personalities like Kylie Jenner is a Leo um so yeah I maybe I'll share more on our stories yeah cute but with a Venus retrograde sorry I don't really know I want like a little reading there's something in the air I need to do more research into like what exactly Venus retrograde means but yeah a lot of astrologers have been like this the planet is this way that's why all of you know these news articles are coming Mm. out while it seems why it seems like such a crazy time pop culture so keen to learn more yeah i believe it i believe the moon i believe the stars (laughs) so we'll get into barbie later but i actually did barbenheimer this week albeit 24 hours in between them um i got the joke you know like i understood they're opposites like Mm -hmm. that's why it's so funny but seeing them pretty much back to back 24 hours between made me be like oh my gosh like the difference is so stark oh my gosh yeah i can't believe you did that even though it was two nights like you know you watch monday night tuesday night i was like that is so much time to be spending in a theater because you know up in time three hours three hours um the closest movie kind of pairing in like theatre release that I saw recently, I guess, was um, Dark Mama, which is The Dark Knight and Mamma Mia being released on the same day. But I feel like this is cranked it up a notch. So you're going to see it in August, right? Yeah, I have not booked tickets, but a few of my friends are like, you must see it in IMAX. It was filmed to be in IMAX, blah, blah, blah. But like, of course, um, limited seating and stuff so yes i'll most likely see it on the big 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 screen but it just means i'll have to wait like at least a month which i don't mind you know what happens in it you know it's it's history well that's what i thought (laughs) (gasps) yeah so if you don't know 
what it's about. Where have you been? But Oppenheimer is a Christopher Nolan movie, and Christopher Nolan is the creator of Inception, Tenet, Dunkirk, and then lots more like big blockbuster films. Mm. He's known for his big production, long movies. Like you said, this is three hours and intricate shots. He apparently doesn't do much CGI. It's like a lot mm. of practical stuff. So this film stars Cillian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Josh Peck, randomly, <laughs> so from random. Drake and Josh. I saw him and I was like, the Leo DiCaprio meme, where I was like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> um, he plays a very pivotal role in the mm. like the test of the atomic bomb. I was like, go, Josh. Anyway, Matt Damon and Casey Affleck. So, like, mm. big, big-name stars here. And it is based on the 2005 biography American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. And this film chronicles the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer. Did you know who he was before kind of like all the hype? Like kind of, mm. like heard the name. Yeah, I just always categorise this vibe as like, oh, one of the the bro-y kind of things. Like mm. I know it obviously wasn't a movie before this, but like having it being like, oh yeah, the Godfather, like yeah. Oppenheimer, like that vibe. So yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I all I knew about him was that he was the father of the atomic bomb, as mm-hmm. in, like, created it. He birthed it. <laughs> Technically, kind of. Yeah. So the film chronicles his life. He's a was a theoretical physicist who was pivotal in developing nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project, which was basically when like, the Nazis were at war with the world and this was, like, America's defense. Mm. They were like, we have to beat the Nazis to build this atomic bomb. Um it then ushered in the atomic age and the cold war etc so i i knew that i've seen i i studied history i've seen war movies um i was like it's gonna be about his life story mm. but yeah i was really confused in a lot of parts yeah. yeah i felt smart watching it at first and then it got to the point i was like looking at my boyfriend like next to me and i was like what is going on i didn't say that out loud i don't talk in movies but <laughs> i was just looking at him like hoping he could like read yeah. my mind of like what because there's mm. a lot basically half the movie is almost like a court case uh, hearing no, it's not that. literally Sorry. a court case but it's like an investigation vibe um and so i was like so much jargon so many men in suits yelling at each other um it was fascinating to watch and i did like it but just repay yourself for yeah. that okay. and the fact it's three hours something that got me as well that i kind of spoke to you about is like the lack of Japanese voices and representation considering how deeply this affected Japanese people. So if you didn't know, the atomic bomb was at the very end of the war. Like Hitler was already dead and the war was about to end, but America was still like, no, we have to like fight. We have to end this war. We have to be the ones to end the war. So the Japanese were still kind of fighting for the German side. And then... They did the atomic bomb. They dropped the atomic bomb. 135,000 people died in Hiroshima and 64,000 died in Nagasaki. Yeah. I wonder, okay, from knowing nothing about the film, but it feels like it is a very American-centric movie and, like, almost purposeful in that regard Mm. of, like, okay, these people, like, obviously didn't have regard for these lives or something i don't know yeah and i wonder if it's maybe that i'm very grateful because i saw it at imax i'm grateful that they didn't show like the the photos from it that we saw in history class because i was like that's gonna be so confronting seeing that on a huge screen um but yeah there's like no 
no it's Japanese a, people in it. Isn't it weird that they're like profiting off this? Like Americans who did this and then Americans. Yeah, are that's what I kind of mean, this. right? I'm like, it's a film, obviously, like it's telling one side of a story. Mm. So does it have to have that representation? But I was just kind of, it just made me feel a bit like, ooh. Yeah. And also, like the whole, um, I've definitely been indulging in Barbenheimer and talking about it, but like some of the jokes and stuff. Right. Um, mm. I'm like, at the or like merch, I'm like at the end of the day, this was a bomb that killed hundreds of thousands true, of people and had like true. ramifications for decades. On a lighter note, I did see a TikTok by the user Sarah Elizabeth Talks, which is kind of a bit of everything, but she talks a lot about Twilight, and she said that according to the Hollywood Reporter, Robert Pattinson, who starred in um, Tenet, gave Christopher Nolan a bunch of Oppenheimer speeches as a gift when they wrapped filming, and then. Christopher was so inspired after reading the speeches that he was like, this would make a great film and a great great biography. So apparently Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer is all thanks to Robert Patterson. Thanks, Robert. He hasn't (laughs) given us enough in his career. This week, no, actually this year has been the year of the Barbie. My goodness. Before we get into it all, I have to ask, were you a Barbie girl? I was a Barbie girl. And oh then my god, what a, a surprise! Girl. I know. Who would have thought? Wow, not me. <laughs> um, I loved Barbie. My favorite was a Dorothy from Wizard of Oz Barbie, oh my and she god. had little red shoes and a button on her foot that would talk like, "We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto." She had curly brown hair. Anyway, so loved her. Did it look like Barbie's face? Or it was like Barbie's face, but Dorothy's hair, yeah, like the brown gotcha. hair, and the pigtails with like the blue checkered dress. Yeah, cute. Um, but it had some of the stereotypical Barbies as yeah. well. And then I graduated to Brat Souls when I was like a tween. So I think Barbies were definitely more for like, you know, five to nine, ten year olds. And then tween was definitely Bratsy. Yeah. What about you? Were you a Barbie girl? I literally had like no new toys. Lol. So I never owned a doll. Like, oh no, sorry. I own like stuffed toy doll type things, but I never okay. own like, like a Barbie a plastic doll. Plastic doll. Oh. I know. And when, when sometimes I'd say that to people, like, oh yeah, I never owned a Barbie. They're like, oh yeah, like feminist parents or something i'm like no no we just didn't have them um so i never play with them unfortunately so i can't really Mm. yeah obviously knew of them and whatever i also worked at toys r us when i was like 14 to like 16 or whatever so you know you've been around i've been around barbie adjacent i have (laughs) i have (laughs) um but yeah god like we have been talking about this in our own circles on the podcast blah 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 about the movie for so long when it was initially announced to when the trailer Mm -hmm. came out like this press cycle has been drip fed to us for months for years yeah and i actually said this to you when we were at the premiere on monday and we sat down and we had a little like barbie truck tops and whatever and i turned to you and i was like this feels like an achievement like you know when you achieve something you're like getting in a water school or something and you're just like Oh, like that sense of almost pride. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why does it feel like we've been waiting for so long and it's an achievement? I know. It felt very exciting. It felt like we, well, when I was sitting on the seats, like before the movie started, it felt like I was waiting for a concert. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when is she coming, the headliner? Um, but it was an achievement because Jazz got invited like on, like by whatever, you know, Warner Bros. Um, and you kind of, the way you do it, it's like a mailing list RSVP. And like that, like sold out or booked out so quickly that there was a massive wait list. Yeah. So thank you for securing <laughs> this for us. Of course. As soon as it came in, I was like, yes. Um, so we're not going to reveal the plot, but we have a slight spoiler warning for themes. Mm-hmm. So the brief plot is 
Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colourful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get a chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. Okay, wait, pause. Dua Lipa's in it. Dua Lipa is Mermaid Barbie. Oh my god! I didn't notice. No, I didn't realise it was her. Stop it, that's so embarrassing. Well... Apart from Dua Lipa, obviously Barbie stars Margot Robbie as Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken, and the, there is also Issa Rae, America Ferreira, Simu Liu, and Michael Sarah as Alan. Bless. We love him. It also stars half the cast of Sex Education. Oh my God. We've got Emma Mackey as physicist Barbie, Nishuti Gatwa as one of the Kens, and Connor Swindles as human. a human. We won't say who. There's also Harry Neff and Sharon Rooney. And I thought it was a bloody joy. I liked it. You've actually seen the movie twice already. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas most people around the world like have not seen it once. So yeah, you've seen it twice. Are you planning a third time, Jess? I'm not planning it, but if someone wanted to buy me a ticket, I said to my boyfriend <laughs> yesterday, I was like, he's like, oh, so you're going to go again? I was like, if you bought a ticket, like if you want to see it, I'd go, but I'm not going to pay money again. But yeah, I saw it last night for a second time. So I've spent like seven hours in a cinema this week. Very, very lucky. Um, so seeing it the second time was also great to just kind of like let it sink in a bit more and like get the themes a bit more and just... And I also was there with, like, four people who hadn't seen it. So that was really exciting to, like, yeah. kind of – we had dinner and drinks and, like, chucked tops and saw – I ran into friends at the screening. And I think that's something that I've actually enjoyed more about this experience than the Barbie movie itself. Like, the movie is great. Go and see it. But, like, just wearing pink and everyone dressing up. And, like, we were walking around the city last night and there were so many people in pink. And, like, a woman walked past us, our little group. And was like, is it good? Is it everything you like wanted? And we're like, yes. Um, and then there was a guy as well who was like, hi, Barbie. It's like we walked, we walked by. Um, and when it came on, people cheered. Mm. When, at the premiere, I thought that would happen more. But I guess yeah. when you're at the premiere with like people who just got invited, maybe they're not the biggest Barbie fans, but like it's a free ticket, it's a premiere, like you're a part of the media, so you're going to go. But then going with fans like on Thursday and like they cheered when the pink Warner Brothers came on and that was so refreshing and like it kind of felt like the movie like in terms of the joy of being a human, like having that collective experience. It's like being in a sports game, like when your team is winning or like, you know, that kind of like human so atmosphere true. and so – I just love that. Like, I yeah. love humans and I love life in that way. So it was, it's been such a nice week to, like, be a girl. <laughs> oh, you know what, Jazz? This reminds me of a TikTok. <laughs> Literally sh- take a shot every time we've said TikTok in this yeah. episode. I watched this beautiful TikTok last night. I was, like, not in – not having, like, a great night. So I was having a chill one, right? And then this video, like, really just, like, oh, hit the spot. And it's just this guy talking about, like, he's being – sweet about like the meaning of life essentially and he pulls out this one quote which was from the door like a documentary about the doors the band and then there was a lady who said this back then we didn't realize it was just music and i love that because he sorry you kind of get the context with the whole video but it's just like um especially I think in the realm of music when you can feel so moved by music and you feel like you're having this like out of body kind of like like spiritual experience mm. sometimes right when you're like caught up in these movies oh, moments sorry obviously i guess barbie is different in this way because it's like a hyper capitalistic out like 
deliverable, <laughs> what I call it, which we'll get into. But like, it's also like, look at that. It like, yeah, technically it's just a movie, but it's bringing so much joy and it's mm. like letting you connect to your younger self and it's so playful and it's so fun. And I think like, how great is that as well? It's like, yeah. Yeah, everyone's just embracing their inner child and um, I think pink is such a happy colour. Mm-hmm. The reviews have been mostly positive. Like mm-hmm. it debuted with like a score in the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but there has been some commentary, which I think is fair. Like I think we should be questioning these things, especially when it's such a big concept and a big movie for our culture. Mm-hmm. And that is, is it just a glorified ad? You knew we were going to talk about this on Culture Club, but we're not just going to sit down here and be like, oh, yeah, what a great movie, without <laughs> talking about everything around it. Because um, I don't know about you, but at work for the last few weeks, every single time a Barbie core appeared in the inbox, we would, like, groan out yeah. loud. Because every bloody thing. You would not believe it. Cleaning product, Barbie core. Yeah. Like, a table, Barbie core. Literally, like, hair oil, Barbie core. Just every, any goddamn product in the yeah. world was Barbie cored. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And... Everyone's been talking about the marketing budget for this. Mm. According to Vice US, the movie is projected to make up to 155 million US dollars on the opening weekend alone. And Mattel has partnered with over 100 companies, hitting all sorts of demographics. We've seen it in Australia. You know, we've got the grilled burger. I've seen cotton on collabs, mm. um, like slipper collabs. I was so close to buying the glass house. $60 candle because it had Ooh, Barbie on it. Like okay, I was cute. so close. My inner six-year-old was like, it smelled like strawberry, like sweet yeah. bubble gum as well. And so I was just like, oh, I need it. But I walked away. I was a responsible adult. I let myself buy one Barbie branded thing. Mm-hmm. And that was a hoodie that I wore to the office yesterday and to the movie. Um, because it's so tempting, right? Mm. And Emma Edwards actually had a great post about this. Yeah. Emma Edwards is from the Broke Generation. So Emma said... The juxtaposition of a childhood icon colliding with our adult lives has made this a meaningful moment in the cultural zeitgeist, and it's absolutely to be enjoyed and celebrated. But just remember, you do not need to spend or consume excessively to enjoy the moment. The money you'll spend on seeing the movie with your mates will leave you with meaningful memories. You don't need to spend hundreds more on stuff to be part of the moment. Which... I thought was a great point. Chaz, are you wearing the OPI Barbie nail polish? <laughs> oh no, you already had hot pink nail polish. Yeah, on. we were given some yes, branded we stuff at the premiere. Very lucky. I was going to redo them. No, they look Don't cute. Look they still look cute. The whole time I've been like, I've I know nice you've been nails. and I've been like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but you're, that's so right. I mean, I actually feel like I haven't been overly tempted, but. It's just interesting because even just hearing that Mattel has partnered with over 100 companies, like those are the official collapse, whereas any old brand can just say the word Barbie, which is hectic. And then if we think like a year ago or even up to two years ago when Valentino pink was like the hottest colour of the season and to have that almost exact shade of hot pink just be recycled for this trend cycle, it's just, just it's a lot and it's exhausting. Um, so let's get into this Vice article, though. Mm. Like uh, you kind of mentioned at the top. So the piece is called We Asked a Marketing Expert If Barbie Is Just Branded Content. And that was written by Bianca Ferrari for Vice. And in it, she interviews um, a guy called Gary Pope, who is the co-founder and CEO of a children's entertainment creative agency, Kids Industries. That sounds – that is Black Mirror. Sorry, I understand obviously it's such a um, – it's such a viable and like lucrative industry, kids mm. entertainment. But I'm like, oh, to have a whole industry like makes me feel sick. 
But I yeah, kid, like, have you seen the kid YouTubers who like yes. unbox stuff? Oh yeah, they make so much money. Like every week or every month, there's a new thing at school that like their friends have that they want to have, right? So yeah, it's a huge industry. But I love this piece a lot because it kind of answers a lot of the questions that a lot of us have been asking. Bianca says, not everybody is excited for Barbie. Some see the movie as a cash grab. And Gary says, of course it is. Of course it is about selling toys and products. Does that take anything away from a kid or an adult enjoying that film? No. Mission Impossible is branded content. Fast and Furious is branded content. You can buy the toys for that. It doesn't matter. It's about entertainment. Then Bianca continues and asks, so it's about selling stuff to adults too. To that he says, now a 10-year-old girl has an experience watching Barbie today. If in 15 years' time she sees a piece of Barbie memorabilia she couldn't have afforded as a 10-year-old, she's going to take that. That stays with her for the rest of her life. It's the power of owning something which you aspire to or identify with. I think this is especially like just so pivotal to like where we are today, where last episode we talked about buying Taylor Swift tickets yes. and kind of honoring that for our honor, like inner child or like, you know, our younger self who couldn't afford that. And then now, I mean, obviously going through cost of living crisis and close to recession here in Australia, it's like, no, we want to grasp onto things that give us hope and yes. give us happiness. And this are t- like tangible and instant gratificationable ways of doing that. I think the timing of it, the fact it's come out in 2023, Mm. post-pandemic, when we all need a little bit of joy in our lives in any way possible. And if that is pandering to the capitalist corporation of Mattel, fuck it, you know? Like, I feel like so many people are just like, I just want joy in my life. And, like, yes, seeing it with your friends is beautiful and, like, making those memories. But, like, having a Barbie hoodie and, like, the amount of comments I got yesterday on it and, like, oh, that's so sweet or, like, even just being able to go into a store and buy something Barbie, which, like, you know, you don't have money, your own money when you're a kid, was, like, yeah, so nice. And you're just, yeah, you are honouring that inner child. So I like the last – one of the last um, answers that Gary gives – that says, if we had the same level of noise from another brand and the same expectation to engage, would we? No, we'd get pretty tired of it, which we kind of already are with our barbecue emails. But then Gary says, it's Barbie. It's a one-off. It's the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. It will be a case study in universities, though, no question. And I 100% agree. It's going to be, like, remembered forever. So interesting. I mean, the reason why Mattel has gone extra hard with this is because this is one of the first that they are releasing. So there's almost 50 movies already planned for the Mattel Cinematic Universe. So they're unveiling, like, all their toys, right? There's going to be Hot Wheels toy and all these other bloody toys in the list, which I had no idea about. So it is really interesting to Mm. see that aspect. I'm like, okay, you're right. Like, I agree with what gary said about how barbie is so special in this unique way but like how like there's like how are mattel going to keep doing this i don't, I don't think anything will compare to barbie like any mainstream movie won't it, like this is like the beginning of a new era of cinema and it was so refreshing to go to a packed cinema last night and to mm. laugh with other humans and to cry with other humans um because heartwarming moments but um, it felt exciting. Yeah. Like, I love the movies. Okay, wait. Out of 10, what did you rate the movie? There were some parts where I did feel it was a little confused of, like, okay, you're trying to have a message for kids and adults. Some of the themes are really big. Like, mm. if you think about a 10-year-old watching it, you're like, would they understand what's going on? Yeah. Um, so sometimes I felt that, though, if it was more of an adult movie that kids can watch, 
mm. than a kid's movie that adults can watch, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would still rate it an eight out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was. I'm like a smack bang eight out of ten. Yeah, because I do like point ones and stuff like that. <laughs> I would say like an eight out of ten too. It's funny that you say that about like it feeling a bit confused because I agree. And at times it felt like it was too on the nose for adults. Mm. You know, it's just like they're like spoon feeding us these ideas and stuff like that. But then it's like no, but it is for children as well. So it's that balance. Another piece we wanted to talk about today is called Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig's Visual Confection Plays a Little Too Much Like an Advertisement. And that was written by Michael Sun, who we love, and that was written for the ABC. So there are some really funny points in this article, um, and I really like how he kind of pulls out like that this isn't the first kind of bit of film that we've seen that acts as an advertisement for a Mm. product, right? So he says that, this year alone, okay, I actually love this line. I'm going to just read it out. This year alone, we've had adaptations based on Beanie Babies, Blackberry, Tetris, and Air Jordans. Some might even be called films. <laughs> Savage. Um, but yeah, I found this like a really interesting piece. Michael was kind enough to read some of his own words out. So here they are. It is a film for kids that exaggerates its hammy antics and slapstick capers. It is an adult meta-comedy about the weight of womanhood, with a few throwaway lines about the Snyder Cut and Stephen Malkmus thrown in for good measure. It is for The Suits at Mattel, a studio with 45 toy adaptations currently in development that makes $1.5 billion US dollars in profit from Barbie annually and indoctrinates any prospective filmmakers via a quote-unquote brand immersion experience. It is for reviewers, critic-proofing itself with increasingly tired asides and interjections to attest that, yes, it is aware of Barbie's corporate associations. It nods to camp in all its ascetic excess and future hegemony, but the vision that triumphs is as straight and straight-jacketed as it ever has been, Any attempts at diversity merely mirroring Mattel's own production line of Barbies, an endlessly iterating range of moneymakers designed to capture an ever-increasing sweep of minorities. It winks at cinema nerds, proving its bona fides in a slew of visual references to Kubrick, Tati, Demi. But it aims for the general public, with its crowd-pleasing jokes, focus-grouped soundtrack, and one overlong monologue, which plays like the best feminist manifesto of 2016. By its own admission, it is a film for everyone, and therefore no one. For all its confectionery diversions, Barbie is a hardened attempt at wholesale appeal, as plastic as its candy-coloured sets. I think this article is very brave, <laughs> because everyone is Barbie-obsessed, Barbie-loving like us. I really like this pa- this part that says, it all feels eerily close in structure to last year's Don't Worry Darling, that other Truman Show indebted film about a glitching fantasy land. And you actually called this out yeah. in the first like 20 minutes when Barbie is in her dream house and things start going wrong. Um, you called that out and was like, oh my mm. gosh, Don't Worry Darling. So I wonder why we are also like, seeing those themes come up more and more of like Mm. we're in this reality but nothing is what it seems which I find fascinating so I'm sure that a lot of you will be watching this in the coming weeks as well so tell us on Instagram what you thought as well because yeah we want to know (laughs) 
it is time for recommendations. Jazz, in the last week or so, what have you loved reading, watching or listening to? So as you know, I have spent all in week in the cinema and I've already spoken about those things. So I am going to recommend an article I read on Z Feed by Kitty Lloyd and it kind of relates to Barbie. It's called Girly Culture is Having a Moment. Can we use it to achieve real progress? So it kind of speaks to the fact that in 2023, the cultural zeitgeist is girl. Mm-hmm. We have the Barbie movie. We have Olivia Rodrigo's Twilight-infused new single, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour, mm. and then even the FIFA Women's World Cup, which has just started. Go Matildas. So the article says it's bringing a very Yeah the Girls vibe to TV screens. Um, but the article asks, can we use this moment to reclaim girlhood, celebrate its importance, and leverage it to achieve real forward progress? So I'll read a little bit of the article out quickly. Cool. It says, the current girly mood feels so exciting and relevant because of how distinct it is from the previous era of media-driven pop feminism. The 2015 girl boss years celebrated women's ability to access power like a man, to find ambition and success on her own, in her own empowered tough chick way. By 2023 standards, it's cringe stuff. On the nose, empowering monologues, fight scenes or self-identifying boss bitches still define themselves in relation to what men would or would not do. Instead, the latest girl movement is defined by things considered distinctly feminine, like hyperpop music, excess pink and having a lot of feelings, regardless of whether they're inspiring or not. It's the just a teenage girl in her 20s trend on TikTok, the concept of girl dinner, and the romanticization of messy bedrooms as seen straight out of a Sofia Coppola movie. Is the current girl culture movement executing these things perfectly right now? No, but that doesn't mean it's not salvageable either. Mm -hmm. What matters is embracing the feelings of unguarded hope and worthiness embedded within all these little girly trends and using them to push society forward. That is very sweet. I mean, it also reminds me of like that, wider conversation of like sometimes we're like like why do girls cry so much why are girls so sensitive Mm. and it's like actually no why don't boys cry more like why aren't men more sensitive right it's like these traits that are girly aren't bad even though like i mean obviously we know that but right but it's like they can be something to aspire to as well yeah Mm. and as a girl's girl and a girly girl i'm so refreshed yeah i never like hid that part of me but i definitely think i've toned it down and i've toned it up in recent weeks because of Barbie and like Taylor Swift like unbashedly being like oh my god like indulging in like I got tickets or like indulging in planning outfits and like painting your nails pink to go to the Barbie premiere mm. and like doing your hair like things like that have been so nice to indulge in and feel like a cultural moment with the yes. other girls <laughs> so true so true I love that but what have you been watching reading or listening to I read my 20th book of the year oh, well Just, done. oh my god I mean such thank you thank you I actually need like a badge um yeah it's been really good I've been loving reading this year I say that every week on the podcast I think but I finished another book and it was Page Boy by Elliot Page a celebrity memoir which I don't often gravitate to um i've recommended on the podcast many a time the podcast celebrity memoir book club which i love so if you're not someone who wants to read the book but wants to know about the person or the the book um i definitely recommend that they also did an episode on page boy already um and i love this memoir so elliot page renowned actor in juno the umbrella academy which bloody love um awesome 
in Inception, which I totally didn't even realize, so another Christopher Nolan tie-in. <laughs> but yeah, I was really excited to read this book. It came out in like June, I want to say. Um, luckily, I feel very thankful. It was a PR PR book one. So I had it at home and it is a really beautiful, moving, really like devastating book, but also really like powerful and really like funny and there's some really sweet moments. Elliot writes really well, like it's really really like a lovely read um but my god like he's gone through like so many devastating things in his career so it does as like a content warning like goes into like sexual assault and like other things like that um but I really love this I don't know it was a really good balance of like personal life and like Hollywood slash career and it was like a beautiful read it was like in two days I read two thirds of it like it was really compelling and really engaging I felt um so I would really recommend that yeah a really good book yeah I also struggle with celebrity memoirs because I Mm. think like did they really write this and like how do all celebrities remember conversations they had with people and like every exact detail if you told me I mean, maybe it would be different if it's like a big moment, but like I always am a bit skeptical, you know, ghost writers, et cetera. So I'm glad that um, this was good. Yeah. I'd love to borrow it. Yes. Okay. Two people are ready in life. Someone's already got it already. And there's like, on as a side note, right? Because sometimes I feel so weird about like name dropping and like stories with famous people, but there are some like compelling parts. As there's one, I would just this is the only kind of tidbit I'll bring forward. Um, so he doesn't name who it is, but he calls him like the Hollywood asshole or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is at a party with other famous people. Um, this is uh, before Elliot like came out as trans. Um, so when he just came out as like a lesbian, and this Hollywood asshole like at a party with everyone was like, oh, like you're you're not actually gay like that's fake like let me f like let me prove it by doing something to you and all these horrible terrible unfathomable things and elliot was like he is still one of the most Mm. famous people in hollywood today like a director or an actor Actor. and we're trying to figure out who it is um in the celebrity memoir book club they like were talking about this and they had actually messaged dumois about it Mm. and they think it's like it's someone um in like a who's played a superhero um and potentially because it's quite personal maybe it's like someone whose ex um like started dating a woman after them or something anyway anyway but yeah this hectic stuff but anyway let's leave it there because we've been rambling yes (laughs) we have been chatting a lot today but yeah that was our first podcast in our studio so thanks human team media yeah and thank you so much for listening to us it's because of you we've been able to grab onto this opportunity as well so we appreciate so 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 much all you bloody lovely listeners honestly (laughs) it's it's honestly so funny to think that people listen to us but thank you so much (laughs) and we'll chat to you next time bye bye